Would you join me in a word of prayer, and uh, let's ask the Lord to just uh, bless our evening tonight. Father, um, as we just gather here tonight, Lord, I want to thank you for that worship that was just uh, lifted up to you, Father. I pray that you would just be blessed by that, and um, Holy Spirit, I just want to pray tonight that you would just move mightily tonight as we uh, take a couple of moments and just a couple of thoughts that... Um, Lord, you've given me, and um, Lord, we read a couple of scriptures, Father, and then, Father, as we spend time in prayer tonight, I pray that you would just um, hear our prayer, Lord, and, and Lord, just meet the needs of, of us, your flock, Lord. And so we, again, thank you for this time, and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Just a couple of thoughts tonight. I, I don't have anything scripted, I'll just be honest with you, tonight. Um, just gonna maybe just speak from my heart for a minute or two, and um, and then from that point we'll just see what the Lord does. Uh, again, nothing scripted, which is unusual for me. Um, you can ask Amy. I've kind of agonized over. Um, just I feel like I don't have the preparedness that I normally would, but uh, but I don't know. Sometimes you just have to step out in faith and just let the Lord do it. So um, that's what we're going to do tonight. But, you know, as uh, John called me last night, um, you know, he woke me up. And um, <laughs> 830, don't cheat me. No, it was, uh, he called me and uh, I had actually kind of dozed off. And, um, but it was okay because he called me to let me know kind of the, you know, the happenings uh, with the Ablett family, what was going on. Of course, you know, it was... Thursday morning for them when you called me, Wednesday night for us, so the uh, thought there was they were going to try to get onto a flight, but they had to do it before the, the deadline that Trump put on for the travel ban for anything coming in from Europe. So the question is, okay, so when's that ban, and is it like Washington, D.C. time, or <laughs> how does that affect? And so all these thoughts going through our mind, we were just like, oh, man. So anyway, it was good news to hear the text today that um, they'd actually um, made it on a flight, or they're going to Athens to France, and then from there to SFO. They'll be there by noon-ish uh, Saturday. So then get in a van, drive home, so Rich can teach Sunday. <laughs> That's the plan. If not, you might hear from me again. So. <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, just uh, it's kind of amazing how the Lord has just uh, got them to Israel, um, all the things that's going on over there, and then the, the whole excitement about getting everyone back, getting them back home. And so definitely, um, we're going to spend some time in prayer tonight, and um, you know, we, we kind of thought about it, it'd be kind of neat, you know, John mentioned it to me last night, he's like, man, what if we just spend a lot of time praying? Uh, for them and their travel back. And I said, oh, prayer meeting? I'm an old Baptist. I know how to do that. So we can do that. We can do a Baptist prayer meeting, meeting. And uh, so we, we will. But, you know, it's funny, too, because as John was talking to me and we were having a great conversation last night, and as we did, you know, the thought there was, um, and we, we had both talked about it, and Rich had mentioned it, too, to John, and that is uh, fear, you know, this whole corona uh, virus, this COVID-19, it's just instilling fear. The, the world right now is just literally gripped in fear 
because of the uncertainty and we're kind of joking around about it. It's like, man, it's just the flu with a different name. Come on, folks. Um, and yes, it does. It's a new strain, I guess. And the little, have you seen pictures of the actual strain itself? It's got, it's round. It's got little suction cuppy looky things, thingies that stick to the lungs and stuff. But anyway, um, but it is a little bit different. And, uh, but what people forget is that the regular flu, just the influenza kills 1,200, you know, I think it's 12,500 people a year. H1N1 killed 575,000 people globally uh, in a year. And we're not, we're not even anywhere near that kind of stuff. But yet, the world is shutting down. Yeah. You, you, sometimes it's like, Ken, you're right. I, you think, what is really going on? And not to get political or anything, and I won't, but you just wonder, man, is that at play right now in this election year kind of thing? You know, I don't know. But um, gravitating away from that, um, you know, when have we ever seen a whole nation like Italy just locked down? I, I have never seen that of you. And, and what, is the, what is going on? And um, so to get back to the original point is that um, fear is just running rampant. And um, my boss went to uh, a meeting today, um, and he went, and there's all the big mucky mucks, you know, there was like 30 people, and this little confined office, which I thought was ironic, hey, everybody, six feet apart, you know, and let's not share the same breathing space, but we're all going to meet in here <laughs> on each other's laps, you know. <laughs> But anyway, they kind of chuckled about that. But in this meeting, they got back, and the whole obviously the whole uh, meeting was about this coronavirus and how bad it could be if it gets, you know. And it's not, and the nursing staff and uh, the health people that were there for the county and as well wardens and everyone, they were like, uh, not, it's not if, it's when it gets here, and what are we going to do? And they were talking like it's when, and all of these things that they have to get into place and everything like that, and. And uh, he did, my boss, he came back, and this was over an hour-long meeting. He got back, and he's just shaking his head. He goes, they're all terrified. He goes, we're all dying. We're all going to die. And I said, I could have told you that. I'm, I'm probably going to die of energy drink poisoning. I mean, you got to die of something. But anyway, <clears throat> um, he goes, yeah, it's, it's chaos. They're, they're saying it's not if, it's when, and this, and that, and everything else, and it's, it's crazy, and... And it's a pandemic and the, the whole shot. And uh, they go, yeah, you know. Uh, and then he said this. He goes, yeah, and they're, they're encouraging everyone, hey, you know, distance. Um, they're actually talking about s stopping some of the trainings that we have where I work. I teach a lot of classes uh, for what we do. And they're actually talking about stopping and canceling classes. And I'm like, oh, darn. Um, <clears throat> and then... Uh, but they also said, too, and we're, you know, it's not a good idea to have food shares and potlucks. I'm like, wait, what? Now I got a problem. Now I'm upset because I love food. So we're not going to have, you know, food shares. We will still have food shares. Um, so, but, you know, I said, you know, and I just said a joke. I said, man, pretty soon, you know, with these gatherings, and they're, they're calling a gathering, anyone, anything with like 250-plus people don't have that. You should cancel it or think about whatever rescheduling. I said, man, pretty soon they're going to be telling people not to go to church or something. He goes, they said that. I'm like, what? They literally said that. In, in the meeting at work, uh, you know, talking about gatherings and people and, and you, know, it, you know, don't unnecessarily, if you don't have to go anywhere to a crowded place, don't. 
if you start to feel sick, of course, and I mean, I understand precautions. I mean, we want to be smart about it, right? But um, he said, he goes, yeah, they, they said that, that people shouldn't go to church. And you know what I thought the second he said that? I thought, wouldn't, wouldn't that be like the enemy? That is the enemy, I think. I, I, I totally thought that. The first thing that popped in my head, I'm like, yeah, the enemy would love for everyone to be so scared we don't even come through those doors. And I understand, look, if you're sick and you have a fever, you think you're contagious. I mean, obviously, we want to be smart. Precautions, be careful. I mean, I get that. But all of us, like what would happen if we all just said, hey, can't go to church because I heard that they said no. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like the enemy just wants to instill that and get us all wrapped up. And as my wife and I were talking tonight, you know, we're talking about this thing, fear, and how it does paralyze you sometimes. It paralyzes me. Um, and we can kind of lose our way to a point, take our eyes off of the Lord, and kind of like look at the issue and look at the problem, you know, uh, kind of like a man we know who was sinking because he took his eyes off Jesus and looked at the circumstances. But all he had to do is, Lord, save me. And instantly, that hand, boy, that big carpenter hand just reached up and pulled him right up out of that water. You know, you can just imagine. You can just see that, you know. But that's sometimes what we can do. We can get so focused on the circumstance. And we can get so focused on the problem or the issue. And it can, it can and the enemy loves this. It can kind of get our eyes off of the Lord and then start moving to the issue. And then we start to think about, how am I going to fix this? Well, me, I'm not going to do anything in my weakness. Um, and that's what the enemy likes to do. My wife had a great point to me tonight, because as we were talking about this whole fear thing, um, there might be a ton of people here, and pretty much everyone here, who really, the coronavirus is really not the issue with you. You may not be fearful of that at all. Maybe that's not the thing. The world's freaking out. They're closing nations down and travel bans and can't go here, don't do gatherings and don't have food shares, don't go to church, um, all these things. But to us, it's like the COVID-19 may not really be you know, scaring you, but maybe it's something else. You know, Is something in your life going on that is fearful to you and is something else going on in your life that it's not the corona I mean I'm not that's the least of my worries perhaps you're thinking no what I'm worried about is this what I'm dealing with is this and I can feel how it's taken my attention off and my focus off the Lord and I'm fighting in between I'm like no get back to the Lord and praying and then mm, but then it, here it is in my face again what is that maybe you're dealing with something like that tonight not corona. I mean, yeah, we're concerned, and it's an issue, and we're looking at it, and it, you know, it's rapidly developing and changing as we go, but that may not even be the issue with you tonight. What is causing fear in you tonight, perhaps? Uh, one verse that I thought was really neat, because Toby Mack, he always, I don't know if you know Toby Mack, he's a musician, and he's uh, got a, a page that Amy kind of checks out every once in a while, and he, he had a neat scripture that he put on there. And regarding fear and, and everything. Um, oh, you know what? I went to the wrong one. 
It's in Isaiah, if you want to turn there. Isaiah 41, you might know this. Isaiah 41.10, and I can read this to you if you're not there yet. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that neat? But fear not, I'm with you. Be not dismayed. I'm your God. In other words, I've got this. I'm in charge. I know what's going on. And you belong to me. And I will lift you up with my right hand. Toby Mack put that on his site today. Um, and I think that's really cool. Jump over with me <clears throat> to Psalms. And we'll look at a passage that I think... It's a pretty famous one. Psalm 23. It may be your favorite, one of your favorites in Psalms, but it's comforting, I think. It's, it's neat. I think it kind of puts things into perspective a little bit for us because it kind of gets us back to who we really um, put our trust in. Psalm 23, a psalm of David and... The very first thing he says there in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. In other words, I shall not want. I, I shall not want for anything. I shall not want for anything out there. In other words, I have everything I need. I don't want for anything. And that's the perspective. What do you have, what do you need, and what do you want? Well, I don't need anything. And you get to a point in life where you finally look back. I mean, you, it, early in life, you have all these wants and, you know, all this stuff. And I want this and I want to do that. And, and pretty soon as a Christian, the more you walk with the Lord, the more you realize, you know what? I don't need anything. I don't want anything. And I have everything. That's perspective. Earlier in life, perhaps, we're like, man, I, I don't have anything. I want, I, ha I have nothing. I, I got to get this, and I got to go, and I got to get. And, and it's like, eventually, with the Lord, the longer you walk with him, you realize, you know how that all flips. It all turns upside down. I don't need anything, and I don't really want anything, but I have everything. The Lord gives you exactly what you need, and if you don't have it, then guess what? You don't need it. Yet, perhaps he'll bless you with it later, but not right now, because his timing is perfect. The Lord is my shepherd, which indicates to us that we're sheep. You know sheep are dumb, like really dumb. And that's what's interesting, because in the scriptures, we are likened to sheep, and sheep are really stupid. They're dumb. Like sheep will be out in a field, and a field or a pasture, and you look at them, and then boom, they'll just all start running for no reason. Like, what is that? One runs, and they all run, and they're skittish, and you know they're terrified, and they, they get scared, and yeah, fearful, and and um, you know they'll just follow each other, you know, over a cliff or whatever. They they just are kind of dumb. But they need a shepherd. They need someone to guide them. And the idea here is that when David wrote this. 
Um, it, the idea there is that he probably wrote it when he was taking care of the sheep, and he observed all these things. And he's writing down, and it's like, man, like, I am with them, keeping them in line. Hey, don't wander off and pulling them back and trying to go after, leave these guys so I can go grab that one, bring him back. And, and how they acted, he must have thought, wow, that, that must be how the Lord feels with me. And it's true. It's how the Lord acts with, with us. We're likened to sheep, and we so easily can go astray. We so easily can get scared and skittish if things aren't the way we expect them to be. But the Lord knows exactly what we need. In verse 2, and he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He lets me lie down in green pastures. In other words, he takes me to where I need to be for nourishment. The word is nourishment, his word. And leads me by still waters. He restores my soul. That's your mind and your emotions, your soul. And it stills you. It calms you. He says he restores my soul. When I'm emotionally unstable, perhaps, or a wreck, he calms me down, right? When I pray to him, he calms me down. He restores me. And he leads me in the paths of the righteous, right, with paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Verse 4, yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Sometimes a shepherd would have to take his herd from one pasture to a new place. Well, the sheep don't necessarily like that because they know what they like and, and they want to stay where they're at and change is fearful to them and they can perhaps get skittish very easily. But he knows what's best and he takes them to a more richer pasture. But perhaps getting to that, maybe having to go through some scary, dark, narrow places and knowing that sheep are sheep and fearful that he's going to have to really tend to them. He's going to have to really calm them down and keep them in a row and keep them moving, kind of like us. But the cool thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, um, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he doesn't leave the sheep there. He doesn't take them to a valley of shadow of death and darkness and destruction. Okay, guys, hope you find your way out leads them through. So yeah, you go through these hard, difficult places and these scary times, but he leads them through, just like he does you and I. He takes us through these things because we have to sometimes get taken out of our comfort zones. And that is because he knows that we need to develop faith in him, faith in Christ. Because otherwise we start to rely on our own selves because we know what we like and, and, and habits and that sort of thing. Nope, I'm going to take you out of here. I'm going to take you to a new place, but there might be some bumps and some darkness along the way. But I'm going to take you through that. And then we learn through that. He says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. The rod shepherds would have that was a stick or a club to, to fend off or, you know, to, to defend the sheep from an attacking animal, perhaps. And the staff was one of those longer sticks that had kind of a bend or a curve to it or a hook. 
And that was designed to, for the sheep that were kind of running off or getting stuck in something, you kind of hook them, bring them back. Come on, come with the, gr with the group. Both of those items are a sign of comfort. Those were items of comfort. The rod comforts me because he's going to defend me from the enemy. Something that would come my way to attack me that has nothing but evil plans for me. The rod, that's, that's the Lord. He's defending me. And the staff comforts me too because, man, in those times where I know what I should be focused on, I know where I should be, but I've wandered because why? My attention's been taken off of what's real and onto things that are fearful. And I've kind of drifted. <laughs> Come here. Pulls me back. Come here. Let's get you back on the road. Both of those items are comforting, David would say. And he's right. They comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. I'm not always going to be taken and removed away from my enemies. And my enemies won't always be removed from me. Sometimes I am in their midst, and I'm with them, and I'm around them. And this could be an enemy not of my making, but one who chose me to be their enemy. There's, they see me as an enemy, perhaps. I'm there with them. Jesus said to love your enemy, and that's hard to do. People are hard to love sometimes. Sometimes people are just unlovable. But we're called to do that, and that's difficult sometimes, especially if you know they've made you their enemy. I'm in the midst of my enemies, but in the meantime, you anoint my head with oil. And oil in the scriptures is always a picture of the Holy Spirit. You anoint me. And that's what we want. We want to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. Lord, anoint me with your Holy Spirit. Anoint us with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, move mightily in this congregation even tonight, but also too in your heart and in your lives. Anoint me with your Holy Spirit. Anoint me with oil. My cup runs over. I can't even contain what you give me. It kind of gets back to what we said earlier. I want for nothing. I don't need anything. I don't even want anything because you've already given me what I need and my cup runs over. I can't contain it. It just keeps billowing over and it's like it's a blessing. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that truly was his desire, David. He wanted to be in the temple. He wanted to be in the presence of God all the time. That was truly his desire. And that's exactly what he says. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's our heart tonight. It's comforting to know that we have a shepherd. You know what's really cool? Is, Dale, you mentioned something earlier that the, the world wants something they don't have and we have it. And I think I know what you were talking about. My interpretation of that is, you know what we have? We have hope. We have hope. And what is hope? Hope is a future expectation of something good. Or it's an expectation of coming good. Well, what good is coming? Oh, you can't even contain it in your feeble minds. You have no idea the good that's headed your way. 
you can't even comprehend it. Your mind is too finite to contain what good is coming your way. Do you guys realize that? You have no idea. I don't either. I can't imagine it. I read about it, and, and some of the stuff coming our way, we're going to get raptured. That's exciting to me. It's good news. And this corona thing, this pandemic, this fear, this is a paid vacation compared to what's going to happen in the tribulation. This is nothing. And guess what? We get to miss it. <laughs> we won't be here to see that. And we won't even care because we'll be gone. The Lord's going to come back and he's going to rapture us up out of here. And when he does, that's when Revelation 6 through 19 happened. Guess what? In Revelation 6 through, uh, 6 through 19, guess who you don't read about? The church. That's right. Why? Because we're gone. And then we will be experiencing the good that we have been hoping for that's been instilled in our hearts, we'll be experiencing that then. And our minds will literally be blown. Well, these finite ones would. We're going to get a new, a new body and a new mind. And, and we'll be able to contain what we're seeing. But it's going to be amazing. And I get fired up and excited when I think about it and when I talk about it. Hairs are standing up on my neck right now. That's how awesome it's going to be. That's encouraging. We have that hope. So corona, okay, sure, let's be wise. Take precautions. We're going to do that. But is it going to wreck our world? Are we going to recluse and be scared? Are we not going to come to church? I mean, folks, we belong to the Lord. We have a shepherd, and he loves us. And guess what? He allows us to have cups that run over because he pours out his blessings upon us. Amen? Man, the Lord's good. His mercies endure forever. He loves you so much. He loves me. I don't know why, but I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Lord, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for what you did for us on the cross.